Hi, um, I'm Anthony. Uh, My name is Rowan. Um, yeah, we're the Preachers Club. Well, where are you guys from? Where are you based out of? Um, Bloomfield in New Jersey. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We've been together, like, you know, doing music for what, since 2019? 2019. Yeah, 2019, about. So three years. Yeah. Um, I guess then starting off, would be since you guys are based out of New Jersey like what are your thoughts and opinions about the music scene in New Jersey do you guys like it do you feel like there's any community in the New Jersey music scene yeah I love it I think if you look in the right spots there's a ton of shows and I think everybody wants everybody wants to have fun and spread music and like that's I don't know. It's just cool. It's it's cool. It's a, it's a cool community. Um, there, there's a ton of underground shows just around. I know Asbury has a pretty good scene. Um, and there's a pretty like from around where we're from. There's there's good opportunities. Yeah, for sure. Like, <clears throat> especially in the New Jersey area, you go to any little town and you'll find a band there trying to have trying to establish their own sound. And hearing all those little bands, it's really interesting to see how you can have such a diverse I guess, sound from New Jersey. Yeah. All right. And since you guys were talking about how you've been together for at least three years now, how has the band kind of changed or evolved since you guys started? And what direction are you guys hoping to take it in going forward? Um, well, we it sort of started like more like rock based with actual just like rock sounds, like more like distortion. Um, certain chord progressions that just imply uh, just rock, um, straight chords, stuff like that. Um, then it got a little synthy for a little bit, but we honestly just didn't have enough guys to be able to re-perform that stuff live. So we pulled it back. And for this last project that we did, it was pretty just, oh, I'd say alternative slash indie, probably. I mean, what do you, do you, would you agree with that? Yeah, like, um... The technology especially is a big thing about it because when we started out about three years ago we didn't have anywhere close to the amount of gear software and hardware that we have now we were doing it on a crappy mic um garage band yeah things like that. i was doing I, some of the songs i would do on my phone i guess a lot of people are probably wondering and probably ask you about it so i also have to but uh where did the name come from what's the inspiration with the name um so uh i grew up religious and um we went to there was this one church that i'd been to a, a pretty good amount of times and usually like because i grew up catholic so those churches i don't want to say they're boring because that's kind of disrespectful to the community but there it's there's not much like musical quality except for like the pastor just uh like humming speaking like melodically but like the church that i was going to their um there it was like music was just as important and people would cry people would dance people would do all that stuff and I, I would feel it every single time and I found out that's called the god frequency um and I did like every preacher just got it like that like they just they 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 have that like thing in them and I was talking to one of the band members for previous one of the previous band members and um I said I was like oh like we were just talking about how like you know all the preachers quote like got it 
And I was like, oh, you think there's like a preacher's club where they practice that and stuff? And um, that, I don't know, just kind of stuck. And it was just, I don't know, because I, I think that our music isn't like religious. Our music isn't religious. I don't, I don't know if it will be, but I, right now it's pretty um, just normal teenage slash young adult stuff. But um, I think I, I, it's something about like the idea of like making music that can make people react in emotional ways. That's kind of why we chose the Preacher's Club. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Maybe you will have your Jesus is King Kanye moment <laughs> at some point in life. I, I, I don't know if we're ready for that. I don't know if we have the capability. We don't have a choir back, backing us up. <laughs> you'll get there, you'll get there. Um, I guess also just a general question, but what are your biggest inspirations musically? And if you guys want to go even further into that, like which of you or each of your favorite artists and how you think they've influenced you. So we could do the umbrella of your biggest inspirations musically and then each of your favorite artists and how yeah, they kind of entered into your sound in a way. Yeah, you could start that off for a while. Yeah, so my biggest inspiration and probably my favorite artist of all time is Daft Punk. And for them, listening to them, I feel like they really hit that essence of music and making what sounds good and just going with that. And especially going very heavy on the electronic sounds, that sort of worked its way into the synths that we build in our songs. Not in a major way, but in a very like supporting way. And like with the textures in ear candy, I feel like that really helps. Yeah, for sure. It, it helps to balance out the songs and help us get sounds that we wouldn't otherwise think of. Yeah, Daft Punk is just awesome. <laughs> I would have to agree with you on. I try and play them on the show that I have whenever I can. So definitely agree in that sense. Um, I like the Beach Boys. They're probably my favorite. Um, that's just because I like harmony because uh, oh, you don't need an instrument. Like it's just two people and you really can like, if you can hit the note, you can make it. You can make the, the noise, I guess. And uh, there was a period I was like, when we first started the band, I was like obsessed with it. Just the idea of harmony. Um, because I really do think that's what all of music is. Because harmony makes things sound good or like even this and then just that tension and release that's all built on harmony. Even if it's not voices, like every instrument you play, the notes you play, they're harmonizing with each other. You'll create an entire overtone series with that. <clears throat> Everything. I, and it, to, that's what I try to, incorporate into our songs not in the sense of having these lush vocal harmonies but just in the sense of having multiple moving parts turn into something that sounds solid that's that's probably my biggest influence um and other ones just like um it's not so much artist based i feel like it's just genre based like certain genres and how they feel um you know, obviously, like, again, like Rod said, like, we do take a lot of inspiration from synths and what they do in terms of, like, texture. Um, we do plan on going into synthetic styles more, I guess. And a lot of what we try to accomplish with our production comes from artists that use the wall of sound in the sense of, like, that almost overwhelming feeling where you don't even really know what you're hearing, but it sounds good. Um, so if you pick apart all our songs, if you were to look at all the stems of them, you'd see way more tracks than you're hearing. Most of them are just supporting the ones that you do hear. And I think that provides a pretty lush texture to 
everything. I know I keep saying texture, but that, that is really important to us. Yeah, no, definitely apply. I guess then on the other side of that, what are some of your non-musical influences, whether it be like film or physical art or anything? Like what are some of your influences that don't really have to do directly with music? Well, if we're going to like literature, I would say that from an early age, Lord of the Rings has definitely had a huge influence on who I am and in picking out sounds that sound good because that soundtrack was just otherworldly to me when I first heard it at like four years old. And that's something that's always just been in my life and having those really cinematic sounds and especially like large instrumentation that's always been something that stood out to me and I guess it's influenced me in that way that those huge instrumentations just really build and contribute to a song um for me it'd probably be closer yeah it'd be films for sure I I appreciate and tend to go towards the films where it feels like the world's ending a little bit because everything's like you know kind of crashing down and stuff just because I feel like when you're a young adult and like a teenager, that feeling is very easy to empathize with because we take everything really seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the hindsight's twenty twenty. You can look back on it and be like, oh, okay, that wasn't that serious. But that doesn't really matter because in the moment you did think it was serious um, and it mattered to you. Um, I, t- I try to take a lot of uh, inspiration from architecture as well. Just kind of, I guess the... The period of how everything looked, I feel in, I feel like that influences the type of music people make. If things look dreary, you're going to get dreary music out of it. If things are happy and like, you know, the economy is doing well. I'm not saying everything is going to be happy, but you're going to be seeing a lot more people appreciating things because they have the room to sit back and appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Because every generation has a zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. And you make music for the time. And so what better inspiration do you have than the times that you live in? Like everything around you. And exactly, and the experiences that you've all had. Yeah, for sure. Like you look at like the 70s and stuff like that. There's the oil crisis. Uh, The Cold War was like, you know, starting to go. Not like a whole history course, like everything wasn't really doing super hot. And if you look at that music, a lot of the topics they were talking about were just kind of bleak. Yeah. There were were obviously like happy things like on the radio and stuff. You peel back the layers, like every like major album from that decade had at least one song that was not very happy. Marvin Gaye, The Beatles. Yeah. Oh, that's another one of my influences because I think he has the best voice of all time and I will not be elaborating on it. That's fair. That's completely fair. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so I hope that answered the question. No, it definitely did answer the question. I guess shifting back more to your guys' music specifically, um, which of your songs currently would you say was your favorite to record and which was your favorite to perform? Because I think it's definitely, you could have different favorites for the two. Yeah. Yeah, I would say to perform, my favorite song of all time has to be Hazel Eyes. That song is just like my little baby, <laughs> you know. And like every time I play, it, I feel like, man, I'm doing this song right. It's just, it's just so good. It's just so good and so like satisfying to the soul. 
you cannot tap your foot to that song. Exactly. And favorite song to record? I would have to say Eve because that song, it wasn't necessarily conceived in like a given set period of time. It's been a work in progress over, I would say like two years. Yeah. And so just seeing it come to fruition, it's so satisfying. It's like watching a kid grow up. Yeah, that that's probably our oldest song. That song was first, the first recording of it ever was in August of 2019. And since then we have at least five different versions of it. Now six, because we just dropped the video, uh, an alternate version. But yeah, my favorite probably to record was Padlocked because referring back to that idea of like a lot of moving parts and different textures and stuff that you don't necessarily hear right away, that song is probably the one that's the most rich regarding that. And it just sounds good. It's just a good song. I, I just it's it's easy to move to and I like the lyrics a lot. Um, for playing live, we haven't done it whenever we do play live, but whenever we play it in general, uh, I like the song Y2K. I think it sounds pretty similar to the version on the studio version of it. I think that we all really, because it, it sounds very um, like you're running out of time the entire track. And I think that we keep that energy and we play it like, we, we, yeah, we, play. yeah, we play like it is the last song on because it is the last song on the EP, but we play like it's the last song that we're going to play. Yeah, that's a good way to word it. Um, this is more of just a short question, but you said that you guys recently put out like a new version of Eve. So if you guys want to talk about the alternate version at all or let people know where they can watch it. That's yeah. your time. Um, so we think that each song that we're doing three alternate versions we think that each one carries a certain feeling or emotion where these alternate versions are us just kind of taking that feeling and put cranking it all the way up so with eve as an example by the time this gets um streamed or played or broadcasted uh, all of them will be out we're doing them every week uh as of right now we only have one out but using Eve as an example, that song carries a very strong sense of like melancholy. And it's just, it, it's sad, but it's it's a bit dreamy. So we cranked up the dreamy and melancholy side of it to as much as we can without it being something that just washes over you and you don't even know what you're hearing. Um, so it, that's, that's kind of the point. You can see all of those on our Instagram. It's just the Preachers Club or at the Preachers Club. That's pretty much our handle for everything if we can get our hands on it um but yeah so if you haven't seen those go check them out they're pretty cool and we'd appreciate it more than you know i would agree that they are pretty cool so thank you yeah um all right these questions are kind of a bit broader and a little bit more i guess just opinion so we'll see what you guys say for these but what would be your dream musical collaboration and why only artists that are alive right now Let's stick with. <laughs> well, how would you collaborate with them otherwise? I don't know. I don't know. In some interdimensional realm. Uh, we're no. not there yet, but yeah. maybe. But go ahead, Rola. That's you. Wow. 
Um, can they be groups that are like alive but they separated? Yeah, I'll let you have that caveat. Yeah. yeah pretty obviously Daft Punk. <laughs> because again, going off of like the essence, them touching the essence of music, that's a whole different realm of sounds and just music in general that I'm, I just have no knowledge of, no real experience in. And just, I would love to just pick their brains just for like, just, just a few minutes, just to get any shred of knowledge that I can from them because they, they got it. And I feel like they would really, like collaboration with Daft Punk especially, would just elevate our sound completely and take in directions we wouldn't have imagined. Yeah. Anthony, before you answer, I have to ask, Rowan, what is your favorite Daft Punk song ever? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you got a couple hours to pick <clears throat> All this Daft Punk talk, you got to at least let the people know. Yeah. Um, I would say for right now, Defunk, off of their 1997 album, Homework, it just puts me in a different mood. I can listen to it every single day and never get sick of it. Fair <laughs> <laughs> choice. Um, I'd say large, big pick, uh, probably Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Again, no surprise. Um, just because, I don't know, I can't even explain it. I, re I really can't even elaborate on it. Just the way that he touches songs and how he's able to map it out before it's even being played. Most of the songs on the, on uh, my favorite albums of his, he didn't even have like with the with like huge orchestrations. He didn't have an orchestra sitting in his room. He did it all on the piano and just knew it would work. Mm -hmm. So that's a talent that like it's it, it, you. I can't really fathom that right now. So I'd be a huge leg up. But if I had to pick another artist outside of that, just in terms of their sounds and just how they use them, uh, turnover for sure because they, like when we were talking about capturing a feeling and stuff, like they do that for an entire album and it doesn't really get old and they have not missed like that aspect for four, three, four albums. I don't really like it Magnolia as much as the other ones, but going from like peripheral vision, good nature and all together, that's ridiculous. Just the way that they continuously evolve their sound because that's something that we hope to do and we're like, we, we're gonna do it. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they somehow shift gears but keep the parts of them that remind people of like you know who you're listening to yeah his voice is beautiful his yeah. voice is beautiful it's peripheral. like silk peripheral vision has no skips <laughs> but now i have to ask you because you've mentioned them multiple times now favorite beach boys song of all time uh, I'll, I'll tie it between two you gotta, I, you gotta pick one. I gotta pick one. All right. Well, can I tell you my two choices and then I'll decide? Yeah. Nah, I already decided. It's fine. Uh, don't talk off. Uh, don't talk. Put your put your head on my shoulder. By off of um, Pet Sounds. I think that is track four. Um, it goes under the genre of baroque pop. Quote like that's what it's called. Um, and just I don't know. It it I don't know. I can't. I don't know. It's just it's it's too good. 
It really is just too good. Um, everything about it, absolutely no skips. And there's no real beat to it. There, like, there's obvious there's percussion on it, but nothing is carrying the song except the weight of the song. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. All right, we're gonna do one more kind of not really music related question, but I feel like it'll give people a better idea of who you guys are, which is obviously important for people who are listening to you. Um, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? And it does not have to be people in music. It could be anybody. Can we have a minute to think about that? You can have a minute to think about it. That's a pretty heavy question. Yeah. Well, I have my three. Yeah, you go ahead. I still so, have to think. I'm, I'm, I, got, I got two. I'm missing one. The first person I would share a dinner with, I think it would have to be Kanye West. As, oh, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. As 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 literally as one of the greatest creative minds of our generation, you, you would have to, because just to pick his brain, oh, he's got so much creativity in there, and just having a conversation, I feel like would just take my take me to a different level. And my second person I would have dinner with is Malcolm X, because. He, he had so many good ideas and he was taken from us at such a young age, I would say, that he really didn't have his chance to bloom into um, the civil rights leader that he was on track to be. So I feel like just having a, that conversation with him would, over dinner, of course, would, <laughs> yeah, just be just great. See, I'd agree with them with Rowan regarding Kanye, just because, yeah, he's the, I believe he's the most, in terms of how many things he can simultaneously have his hands on, creative person around right now, just in terms of how he can touch music, uh, fashion, architecture, art, just in general, um, public speaking, and any medium of art that I feel like he, that, that someone can do, he's at least tried. He's at the very least tried it. And uh, I'm not gonna go off and say that he is the most morally sound person. Um, I, but again, I do think people tend to deify celebrities and then when they don't meet their expectations of being human and having some hot takes sometimes, they uh, they kind of fall flat and they kind of support. People to listen, whatever he does. Regardless, he gets people to listen. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He, uh, he kind of, I feel as though he, he sort of falls into the... Is that guy saying? Yeah, that and just the, the statement of all publicity is good publicity. I'm not saying whether or not that's true, but he definitely, like you said, has people's attention. Uh, so him, um, I like Brian Eno a lot. He is the granddaddy of ambient music and just textures. And he has also touched so many records and made them four-dimensional. He, he, I, I just, I, I need to be able to like know how you can just do that. You're just able to do that. And 
I don't know. He he's amazing. Um, I, I I've listened to most of his albums that you can listen to because some of them aren't on streaming services. But yeah, he's just got something in him where he's able to take non-linear music and make it digestible. Mm-hmm. And last one, Lori Anderson. Lori Anderson. Um, she's a again another artist over multi like different um mediums um the things that she was doing in like the 80s at least sonically are things that you still hear now um definitely experimental but being able to i don't know being able to tap into those things 40 years ago and still have people today either trying to replicate it or trying to anything at anything. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of at a loss of words with her because she's very, multi, yeah, she's also just very multidimensional mm-hmm. in terms of like what she does and in terms of what she has done. If you haven't listened to Oh Superman by her, listen to it, you'll cry. Um, but even again, outside of music, just the work that she did, that she does, has done, the people she's collaborated with, um, her circle of people is very interesting, and it's it, it's cool to look at and read about. Mm-hmm. So those that those would probably be my three. I'd like to speak with them about some things. It's a solid three. Roa, do you have your last person? I do. I would have to say the last person that I would have dinner with, or my third person I'd rather have dinner with, is Julia Caesar, which is. Seems odd, but again, it's bold. Yeah, I was not expecting that one. I, I think it's a fair choice, but I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, he's he was completely unlike anything you've seen in the ancient world, especially in Rome at the time. And that's like a, a big thing when I look out for different artists or just influential people in general is who was doing something that nobody else was doing at the time. And for me, that would be Julius Caesar because sort of, or it was around the era, the era of like the first emperors of Rome. And he sort of pioneered that. He sort of just did that. And just talking with him, that'd be so interesting to see, especially the way he thinks about progressing things like that. Yeah. That's a very interesting answer. I really, I really, that caught me super off guard. <laughs> All right, I think probably we're gonna wrap it up, but I have one more question, which you guys can have a minute to think about, because I know that's that you're gonna ask me once I ask it. But if you had to give a really short, kind of like an elevator pitch for people to listen to the band, I would like to hear that elevator pitch. Sorry. We imagine that's it. <laughs> um, we're we're just guys, you know. We're just we're just fellas, and we make what we think sounds good. And our goal is to just to make people feel things, whether it be happy, sad, 
angry. I don't know. They don't like the song a lot. If they get angry at a song we make, I guess, uh, then we did our job too. Any emotion, really. Um, and we don't want to become stagnant. We want to we wanna be able to be a band to where if we release something and it isn't what you've heard from us before, you aren't completely like flabbergasted at it. You're, you're excited because it's a new direction we're taking it in. And it's a shameless promo. Um, we have an EP coming out soon, very soon. And it is gonna be very different from the last one. Obviously, there's still going to be some elements, but I feel as though you're going to be able, you're going to be able to see a bit of a darker side with not like an edgy way or anything like that, <laughs> but just the darker side of how things are going. And so if you if you feel so inclined, look forward to that. It should be good, and it should be coming out pretty soon after this uh, interview gets broadcasted, if all goes well. It's recorded already, so you know this is now we're just setting up the rollout and all that stuff. <laughs> rollout, anything to add to the elevator pitch? Yeah, we're I would describe us as a band not of the time, but can make music of the time. So like some of the sounds that we're making now you'll hear it drawn from other influences from other bands around the same time. And even going back a few decades, you can certainly hear the influences. And yeah, we're a band that will, will give you a good sound with lots of experimentation into other genres, but not necessarily wholly devoting ourselves to that genre. So with every release, you'll hear something new. Right. I think that's pretty solid. I would, I would listen if I didn't already listen so appreciate that. all right anything else you guys want to say before we go um we want to say thank you yes, as thank a start you. thank you for having us and if you're interested to see what we sound like uh we're the preachers club on all streaming services and our handle is at the preachers club on all uh social media platforms and you know we're excited to see where things go. And if you're a if you're a fan as of right now, thank you for tuning in. And if you're a newcomer, welcome. That's all. Hmm? Just a big thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys.